with Yang. David, welcome. Thank you, Graham. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm looking forward to this chat because yeah, we're going to talk about well, a whole bunch of things. Obviously, Insurevite, which mm -hmm. is your day job, if I can use that word. <laughs> <laughs> Seems strange in the context of an entrepreneur to talk about that. Right? Yeah. Blockchain, AI, okay. and um, your background as well. I mean, you, you are, this is not your first business. Yeah, you've, had, you've had a, a few, you know, and well, you've been a co-founder of a number of startups as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, It's all been a journey. And some of the, I mean, uh, well, I think we dive a little bit into the background straight off the bat is yeah. that, you know, your, from your experience, when I look at what you've achieved in your career, you've got a real mix of different kind of businesses in there. So <laughs> yeah. do, do you ever sort of, I mean, this is the, the challenge that I've had, Dave, David, sorry, yeah. before we sort of dive into InsureLight is that, um, Sometimes I think about, you know, I've done lots of different things. I try and think, what's the common theme here in my life? You know, Steve Jobs style, join the dots and so on. Do, do you sort of, are you able to deliver an answer there when you look at what you do? You say, this is, I've done these kind of businesses all my life. Uh, well, if, if I must have one, you want me towards education. Mm. Yeah, but, um, but throughout the past few years, I think um, what I actually acquire is the knowledge of doing business so uh when i was in the education sector i was doing pretty much sales and marketing so this is very much a what we call trans uh, transferable knowledge uh so yeah it's, everything is different so i have i'm doing one in education languages mm. there's genius academy and then i founded one e uh, chinese learning portal which kind of like failed but a lot of lessons learned from there uh, and then uh, there's a automated parking system called park light mm. yeah so uh and then if initial fact so uh throughout this journey i think uh what i may uh i think what i'm able to apply is the service marketing and also the business side of things so right. okay this is pretty much transferable so, so would you describe yourself as a technologist no i i just i always consider myself as a entrepreneur seeking uh to you know make the world a better place through right. uh, uh making small steps small improvements okay. yeah yeah. So before we talk about Insurevite, talk yeah. a little bit about the other businesses. So Janus Academy, what is that? Okay, it's a, a language learning uh, school. It's actually an enrichment school. It's a physical school uh, in Marine Parade. Mm. So uh, we started in 2012. Uh, we are located there because there's a lot of expatriates living yeah. around. And uh, there's a lack of uh, uh, schools for them to for their children to actually do enrichment. So we actually we, we anchor ourselves there. Uh, so there's uh and also because um my my business partner she likes to teach right yeah so kind of like you have a one who can teach and one who can do business so we yeah, combine yeah. And we well, when, when you started that out it was 2012 right yeah. right at the beginning were you both teaching when you started that how did it work uh yeah in the in in the beginning we all teach uh mm. but subsequently you know we uh, as the student base grew bigger we actually hire more teachers in right. so that uh you know to handle the, the the increasing numbers yeah 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 and how big is that now uh currently we have about 300 uh students yeah yeah and then uh so somehow we also managed to secure some partnerships in kazakhstan and in china mm. and delivering english languages uh programs there yeah yeah. So you have 300 students. How many teachers are teaching there? Uh, our, our classes are running uh, on a day to day basis. We have about seven teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So our class are not very big, six, six yeah. students per class max. So it's like, keep on uh, 
what do you say consecutively running yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you've got it to that sweet spot which is the the ability which every entrepreneur dreams of they're not going to exit the business but they're going to get the business to its self-running stage right yes. and your role kind of changes i mean you were there when there was just the two of you at the beginning yes six years on six and a half years on you've got it to this stage now what, what do you do there what's your what do you see your role as a co-founder now uh for now i might see myself as more of a uh manager yeah. so i just manage uh, but also more of a uh how to say providing assistance as and when the the team needs help uh you know if they you know can't make decisions i can come and step in and you yeah. know uh coach them and on what comes uh, under these circumstances how what kind of decisions should be made mm. and uh, so I'm more on a guiding role uh, over there right now yeah well that's great isn't it that this is you know in terms of your experience that you can offer that kind of value which yeah. is not time intensive is it and it's you've not. got a great team there running it yeah you can just kind of like set them on the right direction and be there to help them yeah so right now a lot of direction is set by themselves mm. so uh, i'm just providing guidance so uh, to guide them along on, on the right path yeah and of course uh, to to contribute whatever knowledge i can in right. terms of understanding the local enrichment market yeah. okay so from building a language school to building an automated parking solution <laughs> what's the story there i can't see the natural <laughs> natural connection so help me out yeah so uh yeah, there's no connection. So what happened was that um, in Singapore, I see uh, there's there's a real need to actually change the way parking is being done. Parking mm. charges are being collected. Uh, and I just came up with this idea and then supported by, uh, by another partner that I met. And mm. uh, he's kind of like in tune with me and say, okay, why don't we do this? So what happened was that uh, we see parking is being now, you know, if you go through that gantry, sometimes the gantry get, uh, the system is not working. So it, you kind of like have a backlog of cars you know, mm. and it jams up the entire car park there. So what happened is that we want to make it the parking, you know, even as entering, exiting it uh, as, uh, as pleasurable as possible. Mm. It's just, you know, drive out without you know, being stuck at the gantry. So we came out with that park like solution. So what does it actually do? Is it an app? Is it a, is it a platform of data or what? Okay, so uh, it actually is, a, is an app. So what happened is that, is that uh, you we use uh, what you call that the OCR to capture the, the mm -hmm. car plate number. And then, uh, so you have, when you enter, we capture the car plate number. So when you, when you exit, we, uh, we match the two. Yeah. Then, uh, and then from there, we actually make the, uh, 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 count the time, the right. amount of time that you park. And then yeah. based on the uh, parking charges, prevailing parking charges, we actually did that uh, right on the app. Yeah. Okay, so you're sort of using the data and trying to work out where the spaces are for park for, for car drivers. Is that how it works? Because you're trying to solve the problem. I think the problem is trying to find a space. No? Yeah, uh, there's one, one thing that we are working towards. We are building, mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to build uh, what we call geospatial recognition. So mm -hmm. we're trying to build the car parks into a, uh, a 2D space mm -hmm. so we can actually help to guide. So when they go in, we actually... Uh, you know, can get them to 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 an empty lot. Mm. Uh, they still work in progress there. Okay, interesting. So we've got <laughs> Janus Academy. We've got Bartlight, which you're co-founder of both. <laughs> now, in Shorevite, yeah. How did that come about? What was the genesis of that startup? Okay, so uh, Insurevite is a bit more personal. Mm. Uh, so 
it actually happened when uh, my my daughter my first daughter was born mm. so um she has j- severe jaundice mm. so she was actually hospitalized um but before before she was born actually we got her a hospitalization um policy so in case well when she was born and there's some health problems and she was hospitalized we can claim from there so jaundice is one of the mm. claimable one so when she was hospitalized for severe jaundice we actually asked our agent for uh for a claim form took her two weeks to came back to come back to us with a form uh which is actually pdf you can actually send us but took her two weeks to respond two weeks two weeks it why is, i don't know <laughs> for reasons known to herself oh, okay yeah and then uh yeah and then we so when she sent to us we actually have to quickly get all the data uh, all the necessary documents and then we have to actually mail it out uh so what happened was that when we mailed it out finally uh the insurance came back and say okay you have actually missed the deadline of, no way yes really it happened so you missed the deadline of submitting a claim so they cannot approve it so i was actually quite agitated say why can't we just automate this process yeah, of something yeah. and claim uh, i can do it right in the hospital itself well i mean if i can why automate not? this why, why not so i i don't have to wait did, the, did that cost you financially well uh it's not a huge amount a few hundred dollars yeah yeah but the the experience tells me that you no know, um right. our agents are mainly focused on closing sales yeah, back yeah, off yeah. uh not 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 after servicing support, yes yeah. i suppose uh, i think beyond the actual money it's the hassle and the agitation yeah. at that point the last thing you want to worry about is a form you want to worry about your daughter and your your wife obviously and the last thing is chasing up an insurance agent that's quite stressful isn't it yeah every every, every day you're just you no know, looking at your handphone like, has she replied has she replied has she replied yeah right and then this you see those it's ticks crazy. on your on your whatsapp but there's no response from yeah. there so kind of like uh, gets you up and then you, your your daughter is there under the under the purple like the blue lights mm. you know trying to say so yeah like you know being busy running around taking care uh worry about your, your my daughter and then on the other hand i have to keep on chasing her for, yeah. for a simple form yeah I wonder as well. I mean, jaundice in babies is quite common, isn't it? It's not. It's not a rare, rare condition. It happens. Yeah, it's, so, it's quite common, uh, especially in this in this part of the world. Yeah. yeah. So, I can imagine two weeks to to send it. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, let's not let's not give your ex insurance agent too much airtime. So how do how do you deal with that problem? Because it's systemic, isn't it? It's, you've got this systemic problem where the insurance broker is is incentivized to sell policies yeah. to people like you and me but not incentivized to service that policy okay. there would be and the insurance company would have some kind of claims department mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. deal with it but you know it's quite bureaucratic how do you deal with that when you have such a a, a systemic issue uh is is a for insurance is a one of of legacy so uh for for them there's really pretty much they or uh, nothing much they can do is like there's so much bureaucracy out there yeah within their corporate world and then there's so much um legacy that is being passed down in there and it's so just so hard for them to change so which is why i came up with insurvite mm. to actually try to streamline this this entire process and to fight this legacy yeah 
Yeah, fight this legacy. Fight the legacy, yeah. break the bureaucracy, and just make it as as delightful as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, the, I mean, delightful. It could be delightful experience, right? But it yes. isn't. And it's interesting. I mean, when you look at the legacy, I used to work for. I mean, years ago, years and years ago, I worked mm. in finance and insurance companies as well. Mm. And the claims departments were at the time. I think they were called like loss departments. Loss. That, yeah, it's that loss. Yes. So it's like, okay, you know, this is all our losses are in this department. That's yeah. how they look at it, as opposed okay. to customer service, right? Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. So we have a, a mindset issue here as well, <laughs> like the whole thing. What what is your solution? How does Insure Right go about fighting that that legacy? Okay, so what happened was that the reason why it's called the claims is called loss because it's the um department that actually pays up money if they yeah. improve. So a lot of the insurance they actually hold back so that's why you have 45 days 60 days of the process so actually they hold back to actually make make their uh, uh statement financial statement looks back look back to, but then it, they lost they lose the customer in that way so what happens is that we at insurance we want to challenge that status quo we want to make sure that you know even when that uh when when you pay out your claims instead of making a loss you actually make a profit so how does mm. that work is that Every claim is a every claim is a uh, is a what we call moment of truth. So that's when your customers know about more about this insurance. Is it really reliable? You know, when I need you, are you really there? Right. So insurance provides this platform uh, on a on a chatbot basis, whereby I can interact with it any any time during the day. So it's always there for you. Mm. And then uh, and when things happen, the first thing you can do is to talk to the bot, let it help you with your claims journey. Right. And then uh and let the and and you don't have to, you know, wait for two weeks for the form to come. It's submit it uh immediately through and the bot will help you with that. Hmm. Uh, so once that happens, you no know, uh at the claims de- uh so the claims department uh, department you don't you don't really need a human anymore. So what happens is that for us we have this um smart contracts and AI to run uh anti fraud and also run some analytics to make right. sure to uh make sure that you no know, it's a genuine claim and then uh we get your payout as quickly as possible. Mm. So um we get this inspiration actually from Lemonade. Yeah. Lemonade is is uh in the US. Mm. They're they're doing uh PNC insurance in in, mm. in a similar fashion. So uh and and we find that this this is a very good initiative. To actually say that okay, right now, no insurers need to change, the, uh, change that game. Mm. It's no longer hold, holding back your claim, but but rather, than, uh, but rather to pay out as mm. quick as possible, so that people gain their trust in you and then you can actually upsell. Yeah, so actually you are you are making a profit every time you actually make uh, make a claim. Right. That. Is there sort of a tangible link between servicing? A customer in this way and upselling more services does that lead to I mean in theory it should be but does it actually do that oh uh, uh, not just in insurance but in many other service sectors you, you will realize a lot of the um, what you call that the the customer loyalty comes from actually providing good services yeah yeah so the moment people feel your service they actually feel being loyal to you which is why a lot of you no know, a lot of outside Mm, other in other industries they're coming trying to come up with all sorts of apps and things like that to make sure to make the need the journey uh, make the experience of, you know as seamless as possible yeah. to keep that actually used to keep the customer loyalty mm. so once you have that customer loyalty now uh, it's easier for you to upsell 
and this and this has been proven right. many many times whether it's in airlines or in, in in transportation yeah exactly and once you realize how expensive it is to acquire a new customer and advertise to a new customer and how much money i mean insurance companies are mm. some of the biggest sponsors of sports events in the world like aig used to yeah. be for example i mean axa mm-hmm. as another one you know these large multi-billion dollar companies spending billions on advertising because this is the problem right is because that's the only way that they mm-hmm. can sell systemically right. they're not set up to create a great service where they can build customer loyalty and that customer then to say actually well maybe this is not the cheapest in the market maybe mm-hmm. i'm paying a little bit more but mm-hmm. i will pay that because these guys aren't going to rip me off they're not going to increase my premium by five percent every year above inflation and you know i'm going to get my money actually when i claim right yeah therefore you know if they come to me and say hey graham do you want you know insure your your road bike or do you want to insure your family for health insurance yeah i'll go mm-hmm. with them yeah but uh definitely not so long the moment you actually feel that this uh any insurance is with you anytime you need them they're always there anytime you make you need a claim they actually pay you out uh, uh responsibly mm-hmm. uh responsibly and also instantaneously you feel that they yeah no they actually make good on their promises insurance ultimately for the past 200 years is to actually uh insure you against risks yeah and to make sure that you know you are as as protected as you can to me i see it as a social good a social necessity right. people need to be insured against risk yeah but no but the penetration rate today is pretty low no yeah no i mean one of the reasons is because people don't trust insurance companies anymore. Absolutely. Like, why you know I, I buy something i pay you the premium at the end of the day but i make a claim oh i missed it <laughs> you missed this clause in your policy here yes. which means that we don't pay you anything right so yeah that's so the trust th- issue yeah so this trust Oh no, over over the years no it has gone down and yeah. you see people jumping around different shopping around uh, uh, right there's no loyalty it anymore. becomes transactional doesn't it yeah. it's just a commodity which they're yeah. trying to sh- sell at the cheapest possible price yeah. so it's what i call race of what bottom yeah. right now yeah absolutely yeah. i mean we see it a bit in the airlines as well right that that's sort of the cheapest ones I, there's some airlines i won't fly <laughs> because even though they're the cheapest I know the experience is going to be terrible and I might save a little bit of money on the airline but I'll lose my luggage or I get stuck <laughs> on a runway right yeah so that's definitely it's the same with insurance isn't it yeah it's definitely similar so you can take a look why you know the Singapore Airlines can actually always command a premium over the yeah. rest they are, they're always top you know they always provide good services and people enjoy that service yeah obvious but of course like we can't like say 100% of the time and some people will still be very price sensitive yeah. but that's not what we are targeting that's not what yeah. we focus on we focus on providing those who are really into the service which is majority of the city of the people absolutely yeah. i think what i think what people are into or what they're not into is being treated badly and i think you know to your example with your daughter and that insurance agent oh, she's back again <laughs> it's like you know i think people you know let's say they charge you 10 percent more you're like okay fine that's all right I can accept that but when they treat you badly and make you feel bad i think that's when consumers walk they say i won't settle for this i'm not going to make you feel like me feel like this right and it's the same with airlines the same with insurance and so on yeah so i mean if people uh if you get charged 10 percent higher but there's a reputation behind this insurance that says they are always with you 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 make your claim 
but it's a delight. You know, you really get it paid uh, really quick. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's worth it. Now I'm, I'm, I pay a bit more, but I get premium service. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're providing bad services, regardless how much lower you are, people are like, uh, pretty much um, skeptical and yeah, apprehend- exactly. yeah, apprehensive yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your company itself, InsureRight. How many people are you at the moment? Uh, we are a team of five. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have one CTO, myself, and then we have three other developers. Right. Yeah. Okay. And according to my notes, you're less than a year old? Yes, we are founded in uh, September last year. Okay. So it's about 10 months, maybe. Okay, yep. so in the last 10 months, how have you funded it up until this point? Was it friends and family? Was mm. I mean, it's not cheap to build anything AI or blockchain-based, right? Yeah, so uh, it's mostly uh, bootstrap. So mm. mostly we fund ourselves. Um, and in uh, May this year, we managed to convince a, uh, an angel investor to make a very small investment, really very small investment to yeah. our company to help us, yeah. uh, to help us out. Yeah. Okay, so you had a, uh, an initial very small raise with an angel investor, yeah. and you're currently raising at the moment. Yes, I'm. I'm raising a seed round. Yeah. So you're raising a seed round. Can you share yeah. with us how much that is? Uh, we are raising about four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand Singapore yeah. dollars. Yes. That's about what in US? That's about three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. About okay. there. Okay, roughly. Yeah. And what would that be for? Well, we need. Uh, because we are focusing a lot of, on the AI, yeah. so we need uh, data scientists, and obviously developer three is not going to be enough yeah. to build something that on that scale. So we need to hire developers. Uh, we need to uh, hire data scientists to come help us to come up with models mm. uh, based on data, and also for uh, for this what we call customer acquisition. So what we are doing is that we try to you know go for uh, exhibitions and things like that, and then mm. uh, all this costs. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of yeah, course, so, we are so uh, your customer acquisition at the moment, you, you mentioned exhibitions. So, uh, yeah. are you out there just on the road, just talking to people, doing the hustle? Yeah. So, uh, my my role uh, is mainly hustling. Yeah. <laughs> so I hustle. Those are the kind of entrepreneurs <laughs> I really like the hustlers because I think they're the true entrepreneurs, right? They yeah. can, They go out and they get business. Yeah, and this is I think I'm quite fortunate in the sense that. Um, the two of us, my sister and myself, and my sister is really focused on the tech side. Right. So she's never a hustler. Uh, he's never good at presentation. So, yeah. but that's what you want, isn't it? It's yeah, yin but, and yang, yeah. isn't it? In that sort so, of relationship. And, yeah, and he's but he's very good with technology. So I, he's it make me feel very at ease about the whole whole tech yeah. part of things. So, uh, so we so it's pretty much complementary. So for us, it's like okay, so I will do the hustling, I will do the rest of the things. You know, you just focus on the thing. I'll, then yeah. I'll focus. Then we come together, we brainstorm all the time uh, to come up with better better ideas and solutions. Yeah. So leave me with hustling. So I'll be uh, I've been traveling around and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, right now, um, we have a base in the Netherlands as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what was the Netherlands about? Is that a developing ba- developer base or what? Okay. So. Uh, is actually more for our European operations. Right. So right, uh, because we actually completed an incubator mm. program there, incubation mm. program there. So um, obviously we now uh, have some uh, kind of good traction. We have networks yeah. to help us. Uh, which help was us the program you were in Netherlands? Uh, it's in Halen, okay. uh, which is in the south of Holland. Yeah. Yeah. So to many who doesn't know, it's like two hundred over kilometers south yeah. of Amsterdam. And what was the pro- what was the company that was running that? Uh, okay, so uh, the the incubation program is called Brightlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brightlands uh, Tap Rupture program. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, it's a two-month incubation program. Uh, actually helps us a lot, you know, in, in terms of developing the market, developing right. your product, developing the market. So we're there, uh, we spend two months there to, to uh, brush out the idea, yeah. you know, come, uh, if need be, do some iterations of it. Yeah. Right. So you were in Singapore when you got the call to go to the Netherlands? Yeah, so it was quite an interesting story. Um, this program is uh, actually got in uh, after the second try. The first try, I, we didn't get in because we have like, we have, that was in November last mm. year, so we're like just two months old, everything is not uh, not pretty much set up. So then uh, in early this year, we actually made it, uh, we have some uh, LOIs from Mongolia, thanks to my CTO. Yes, he's actually quite, advanced <laughs> right. in age <laughs> okay yeah so he has some good uh connections there um and then we managed to sign some lis and then uh, with this we actually got accepted to that program um yeah so i actually got a call when i was uh spending my chinese new year holidays right and how, <laughs> how did that work you know like okay you've got to get out to the netherlands pack your bags yeah uh, well, like that. Yeah, so when, when we got a call, you know, there was never a moment of hesitation that you right. know, I'm going out. Yeah, because what I realized over that, that, that period of time is that in Singapore, um, because the companies here are so, the insurance companies here are so international, Yeah, you really need to prove yourself outside before they really listen to you. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, I know this is a business of risk, so that de-risks it for them, isn't it? That yeah. you're not just a Singapore startup aimed at Singaporeans, right? Yeah. You can go global. Yeah, and to yeah, and also you will give them a a a, a impression that you really are thinking global because yeah. that's I think one of the problems in Singapore is that we look really too much either in Singapore or Southeast Asia. Yeah. We are not global enough. So I I. I when I when I took this on uh, to go to the Netherlands, I was hoping you know, to to have a really global mindset of things, so I can really see what's happening in Europe, in part in Northeast Asia and in Southeast Asia. Mm. So it really helped to uh, set a mindset a bit, a little bit, and then trying to you know see your competition and on a wider scale. Mm. Yeah, but don't I mean going global and also having industry knowledge as well is yeah. obviously. I wonder how important that is. Don't you have to have a background in insurance or financial services or financial products to be able to build solutions that interface with those companies or not, as the case may be? Explain to me. Well, uh, initially I thought so too. Yeah. Um, I mean, many of those who, I'm, who I've talked to really want someone with a uh, background in, in insurance but to to me um i think daniel striber the the founder for lemonade he 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 said this which i feel very inspired is that one of the things is that we don't have background insurance which is actually a blessing in disguise yes. because you don't because from because without prior knowledge you actually unshackle yourself from the limitations of the uh, of the corporate world yeah you actually have can come up with more creative ideas to actually help to solve the problem, which mm. if you are in a corporate, you've probably been set on right. this mindset. You've like, been trained, haven't you, yeah. for years. It's like what you say, you have a you have a thought and they cut it through and then into a square and you have you fit in the square. So without as without being in the industry, actually uh you don't fit into the square, but you can think out of the box. So it actually helps you to to get moving mm. uh and also to come up with uh, a solution that actually helps to solve 
their problems mm. from 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 an angle where they where the corporates usually don't, which is from the customer side of things. Right. Yeah. It's very interesting. So what you're saying is that because you're not from that world, yes, that's an advantage. To me, it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not sort of shackled by the way of thinking. Yes. Like, no. Well, of course, this takes two weeks to send the PDF to you, right? <laughs> you're asking, why not? Why, why can't we do this yeah. straight away? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you are in the corporate world, they say, oh, it takes two weeks because it's ABC. But to yeah. me, it's like, why? Yeah. Exactly. Can, you're, you're thinking like the customer, right? Yeah. You're I think like a customer. I want it quick, like snap with a finger. I want yeah, it yeah. done now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Don't you need um, industry relationships to interface with their systems and their legacy systems, though, or uh, not? Well, uh, that part actually, really, we don't really need it because at the end of the day, um, one of the beautiful thing about introvert is that we co-develop. So, in it's I think it's also quite endemic in a lot of the startups today. They only focus on working with either the IT teams and yeah. and and I just throw you a solution. You, learn it on your own I just you know integrate it on your own so for us we work with actually work with the business units instead of the IT but we work with things like the customer service teams yeah. uh, the, the IT teams to understand you know, what is really the, 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 the problem that is plaguing you mm. and then we can and then from, from there we actually came co-develop co-develop with the ins uh, insurance company and say okay this is now this is your problem and uh, from the from our perspective as a customer this is also no right, right. the problem so we come up with the solution and then from the IT team we actually more a support role yeah. in terms of technology side and then after that you know we actually do a lot of APIs so we don't really need integration mm. so actually uh, and then from the start to the end uh, this com insurance company is part of the journey mm. so it actually reduces the time frame you know of, of you know, rolling out a new solution yeah, yeah. And I imagine these partnerships probably provide some good data for you as well to collect yeah. about yeah. consumer behavior insurance, right? Yeah, yeah, they do, they do. Uh, for us, it's the the data is the is the most important part. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's been a while since I worked in financial services, and when I worked in financial services, they were still in Windows ninety something, like Windows ninety seven. So, like today, what they collect in terms of consumer behavior mm -hmm. i mean how useful that information is for what you're doing well you'll be surprised some of the insurance companies are still using windows and like, <laughs> i think we're on xp now aren't we? <laughs> yeah so the, uh those data that they collect um really are they either do it through paper surveys or, yeah yeah, questionnaires. yeah or questionnaires or they do it online surveys but um if you see what is happening in the market right now you really see that they they did a lot of, they did a lot of the the surveys and things and consumer behaviors you know trying to understand the consumer behavior but mm. at the end of the day nothing much really came out of it so they are hoarding they have a whole bunch of data but they are hoarding it and mm. they are not utilizing it to the fullest potential yeah so uh with insurance we hope to work with them to actually utilize it and realize the full potential of what they actually have she can yeah. actually bring them even more benefits yeah that's the challenge isn't it these large corporations they silo mm -hmm. the data for whatever reasons political reasons like fear of like freeing up the data but people keep them even within departments yeah you know i remember like one department will have data which they didn't want to share with another department <laughs> even though they're in the same team yeah. quote unquote right so for for my understood is that um there's this age old age whereby you no know, 
they say that when if things are not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. The truth is, really, it's not really broken. Uh, you can see the industry is still raking in billions of dollars uh, in revenue and profits yeah. every year. So to them, this is not something that's broken in, 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 the, in the eyes of the um, shareholders, in the eyes of the yeah. chairman or whatever. But, 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 it's, not, but it's not perfect. It's mm. a, it's, and, but it's not broken so it, it will take them a lot of time mm. uh, to, to, to really uh, come to a realization that oh yeah change is necessary yeah yeah, yeah maybe too late yeah and you have also people up there up there who are pretty advanced in age and they yeah. have their own way of doing things which is pretty um, uh, analog in a sense yeah so it will take time but uh, no you it will come soon Excellent. It's great to hear. So in terms of your business and the team that you have, mm -hmm. you have five people now. Um, you're obviously running it quite lean, which is great. Where, yeah. do you, where do you go from here? You're recruiting, you're raising. What kind of people do you want on your team? And the reason I ask this is because they watch this podcast, some of yeah. those, right? So you want to make sure that your, your company culture is right. And I think a lot of that has to do with you and your attitude towards this business and this challenge. Yes. So what mm. kind of people would you be interested in hearing from? Well, definitely people who share the same passion to want to transform this uh, industry. Yeah. Uh, but more than that, we want people who are really into the data, you know, uh, know who can really come out, crunch the numbers, came up with models to help us yeah. along. Uh, but also one, one, one thing that I feel I would need is uh, someone who is also from business. Mm. Sort of thing, so we can actually bounce more ideas of kind right. of um, marketing strategies and things like that. So these are the people we're looking for: data scientists, uh, business developers. Right. Yeah. So people who are good with numbers yeah. and uh, can build models, are passionate about numbers. Yes. And <laughs> hustlers. Hustlers. Hustlers like yourself. Hustlers. Who can go and knock on doors. Yeah. Knocking on doors, not afraid of failure, not afraid of rejection, just keep yeah. on hustling. Yeah. Do the trade shows. Go, go to yeah. a trade show. Mm -hmm. be Talk really... to everybody on the stands and yeah. all that stuff. But I mean, being working in a startup, I mean, it really requires quite a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, on the part, you know, not, not just, no, not just your, 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 yourself, but also your time, perhaps your family. Yeah. So uh, um, you need to know that whoever wants to join the team must be able to make that sacrifice. Yeah. Because we are so lean. And we will remain lean for, for a considerable period. Um, so for us, is that you need to make that sacrifice and understand that, okay, we are doing something great here. We're going to transform a uh, old industry, which has pretty much not changed for the past 20, 30 years. And you're going to change that you know, in a couple of months or years. Right. You so, need challenges then, right? Yes. You want to be part of that. So, okay, why would they want to work for you? Because you talk about sacrifice, and this is always the challenge, and I say, ask this as well as a startup founder myself, is mm. that why, apart from the fact they can make a lot of money when you go public, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, or you sell to the big guys, what what would be in it for them, you know, like, what would be the reason why they would want to be on board with this kind of company, well, especially first, you? First thing first, because they get a word with me. <laughs> well, what, what's good about that? I mean, I can see that sitting here with you. I mean, yeah. it'd be enjoyable, but what would that be for? You uh, for for one, I think um, one thing that they come in, they you know they will experience uh, what we call really high, uh, very quick pace mm. um, um, company. And then for for me, you know, every day, you know, every day is different. Every day we have come up with different ideas. We come up with different um, 
means of doing things we connect with different people we'll go for this we we'll go for uh, this event we we'll go for that event so and then so the person who comes in you know they get to enjoy really a, a style lifestyle whereby mm. you know, everything is quick you no know, changes everywhere the only constant is change mm. so they come in they work in a dynamic environment but also they get to learn to do business they get to learn how to build a business from from ground up from zero yeah. and the good thing about working with me is that uh, i'm pretty open to new ideas i'm pretty open to being scolded yeah so you know if you feedback chast- <laughs> yeah feedback yeah that's a nice one but chastising <laughs> yeah and then uh also because uh with me you know they can learn about how i how i failed one of my yeah. the, uh, uh my startups and then how i built a successful one yeah and then uh, all the lessons from there actually they can actually uh take it with them when they when they want to build their own yeah you know. I think it's it's a really interesting point the advice that I would give any potential startup founder future startup founder they may be leaving university or somebody early in their career or somebody who wants to change their career the two pieces of advice that they should take on board is firstly learn how to sell now yeah. you, you may not be selling by doing a hundred of these every day but you could get out and sell in your own way it could be yes. writing could be doing a blog could be like video and so on everybody sells in their own way and secondly right. is you know um understudy find somebody who's really good and wants you know who wants to teach you and somebody who's done the things that you want to do which could be starting a business being successful being through that that cycle who can yeah. get you up that curve as well and you know you don't have to go and start your business i think there's there's always that risk of going starting your business before you're ready go and understudy with somebody mm-hmm. and learn how to sell and it sounds like they're <laughs> going to get both of those if they come and work yeah. for you david so yeah they get the best of both worlds and the best thing is that unlike corporates whereby you're set in one um job description you know you yeah. get many so you get to learn from uh, uh a bit here a bit there know and you actually accumulate that experience and that, that knowledge from there yeah. excellent david yang everybody <laughs> thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your journey with us thank you very much Grant. and it's a pleasure. being so honest as well with you know your, your your journey as a startup founder it's never in a straight line but uh, i love the fact that you describe yourself more as the sort of the the business oriented the hustler type startup which i think is great <laughs> so yeah. i think that that is what we need more of you know, because it's so easy, isn't it, that we live in a world where people see very successful startups. It's like two young guys, they go to Stanford, they walk out of Stanford, they get 50,000 in funding. Yeah. And it's just easy that they've got the next, you know, blockchain AI startup mm-hmm. worth billions. It's never that easy, is it? There's a real life out there to live. And yeah. it seems like you're, you're, you're a great way to learn that just by listening to your story or working with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never an easy journey, you know, from, from start. There's a lot of rock, it's quite rocky, you mm-hmm. know, for but how you pick up yourself is very important. Yeah. Yeah. So I consider myself lucky because I have this mindset that you now I when I set my mind to do something, I really want it come to pass. So you know where every time I fall, you know, you what you need to do, you know, just brush it off. You no, know, dust it dust it off and then just keep walking, fall down again, stand yourself up. up. Yeah. Keep going. David Yang, thank you so much. Where do people find out more about yourself? They could be potential investors, potential partners. They could be even people who want to work in your team. Where's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, well, they can they can actually find me on LinkedIn. Okay. We'll yeah. put all the details in the show notes. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll do that, don't worry. You don't need to read out your link. We'll yeah. put it all there. Okay, yeah. that's the best way. Yeah, either that or I can know from like, the comment section. They can just I can just give my email address. They can just reach me. Excellent. David, thank you so much. Thank you very much.
Thanks. Excellent. Good.